Start the day by cleaning your mind, your wandering mind. And it really increases the focus and productivity. So it's a great tool and you can use it during the day for five minutes between meetings and then come fresh to the next meeting. You will be much more efficient and effective and productive. Welcome to 20 Minute Leaders. Just sit back, relax and learn from the leaders of today. It's a journey. Each one is different, unique, inspiring. Let's get started. This episode is powered by JVentures, a community-driven VC fund in Silicon Valley, in partnership with Leomitech, sponsored by Homeward Ventures, Hippo Insurance, Upwest Labs, Synergy Global, Hillel at Stanford, Leap, Birthright Excel, Serona Partners, and in media partnership with C-Tech. Hello and welcome to another episode of 20 Minute Leaders. We're talking about leadership and the wisdom to lead. Meet Karen Tsuk, the CEO and founder of Wisdom to Lead. Karen Tsuk, PhD, is a sought-after speaker, consultant, and thought leader in the 21st century of leadership. As founder of consulting firm Wisdom to Lead, she specializes in the development of senior management teams and corporate leadership. Tsuk guides companies and senior management teams to reach their full potential using various techniques in the field of mindfulness. She is also the author of Mindfully Wise Leadership, The Secret of Today's Leaders. Dr. Karen Tsuk, welcome to 20-Minute Leaders. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. My- I'm uh, looking forward to talking about leadership. Uh, I get to talk to a lot of startups and a lot of investors about their particular method of leadership and what that means to them. Uh, you have a PhD from the Hebrew University in leadership in the 21st century. You're the CEO and founder of Wisdom to Lead. And so, um, you know, over the more than a decade, you're, you're investigating, you're helping companies um, and, and individuals become better leaders and, and do it more intentionally and much more thoughtfully. So I'm looking forward to understanding your holistic view and, and, and maybe touching on a few case studies of, of how to, well, how we can see good or bad leadership and learn from there. So Karen, thank you very much for joining me. Thank you. Looking forward. So Karen, how, how does one get to become an expert in leadership and as much as do a PhD? And leadership how does that happen uh, first of all you know it's leading by example so it starts with ourselves so evolving as a person as an individual uh, growing to new areas to new zones uh, and working with 20 years of working with leaders in promoting change and growth so you you learn from the experience you're working for, with people and you evolve to their situation and the experience. So, you know, I've, as you said, I did a, conducted a case study two years in a high tech company because I was really interested to learn what's happening when the theory meets the, the, the field. You know, it's really nice theories, but then <laughs> we need to deliver, right? We need to, to engage people. It's not enough to, to write an article. And I was really, my leading question was what is, what is the role of leaders nowadays? in leading financially successful organization alongside motivating and engaging the employees from intrinsic motivations and enabling them to fulfill themselves and to be creative and innovative. And I found, you know, um, I found that mindfulness is a crucial element that leaders will need to embrace nowadays in order to engage people to reinvent ourselves, to, to evolve. Uh, and I'm, working with these tools and with, with this experience in order to help people 
to listen deeper to themselves, to their employees, to their customers, to their market changing needs of the market in order to listen to what they really need and from this place to create products and services that add value to their community. So I think that, you know, one question that I think we need to start with is, you know, even going, you know, a little bit higher up and understanding, you know, what, what, what are the complexities of leadership and why, why is this something that we as humans or, you know, just in general, why is this something that, that, that we find difficult to really do really well? And when we do have some cases of people who did this exceptionally well throughout our history as, as humanity, but why is it the, an exception to be able to be a really, really good leader? Because as I said before, first of all, we need to be able to really listen to what's needed and not act out of our ego, right? And out of our automatic behaviors and to dare to pause and ask ourselves tough questions. And we don't like to look in the mirror and say, okay, I was wrong here. I need to adjust. I need to pivot. I need to change. And I made a mistake and to take uh, accountability, to be accountable for the mistake and to be vulnerable. So we really need to connect to our humanity and to be able to connect to others and at the same time to see the bigger picture, you know, and not to be hooked up in our story because it's only our story, but the story is much wider than ourselves. So it's the ability to also listen to ourselves deeply and at the same time to be able to listen to, to see the broader picture and to decide how we want to act and hold it, these tensions between, you know, as I say, that a mindful leader what characterizing three elements? The first one is the ability to be mindful and present. Mm. The second one is the, to hold tensions. You know, the modern world is full of tensions, the organization world, between the short term and the long term, right? Between the employee needs and the organization needs, between speed and quality. So I, as a leader, I need to be able to be the uncertain, to hold these tensions and really listen. And from this place to enable the right and accurate solution to emerge and we don't do it usually. Usually we learned as leaders that we need to do and be in the doing mode and to run and not listen to what's happening. And I can, you know, like dog that runs after his tail, usually we run after our own tails, right? Right. A hundred percent. So this connection of mindfulness to leadership, from what I'm understanding from you, it, it really stems in this ability to pause, reflect, and realize, okay, this is how I may want to be doing something, but there is a new situation here that's unfolding and if I'm mindful to it, then maybe I realize that my intuition is not necessarily the right course of action and I be, I'm able to lead better, right? And this is where mindfulness is coming in here, just being more mindful of the situation and being able to pause more, correct? Yes. And, you know, in my research and in my book, I'm talking about the central tools for leaders and I call it a dialogue space. What does it mean, a dialogue space? It's continue what you said. If we have a... A complex uh, product that we're offering, want to develop now or service, and we don't really know how to go forward, it's the ability to create a space and to explore together and come humble and be present and share my experience and my thoughts. But I don't need to have the answer. It's okay to say, okay, this is, I think this, the, the way we are going, it's not the correct way. We need to pivot. I don't know what's the right way. But my gut feeling tells me that it's not the right way. And that's all. And now listen to the other people and respect other viewpoints and create space to really explore, to be present, coming with open mind, open heart, and open will. 
And once we create the space, and it's not easy to be there, we need at least one leader to be able to hold the space of vulnerability, of respectful to other people, we can create a place for new solutions to emerge and right. much more creative and innovative. So just to also to, to understand the landscape here, when we're talking about a leader, you know, if you're imagining the persona of the person that you know, your work is relevant to, is it, is it mainly the leader of the organization or are there more types of people within an organization or within you know, the world that would benefit from understanding a lot of these concepts? So look, we're talking, you know, there's the traditional leadership. So first of all, for your question, it's for each and every one of us, it's important. And now I will say why. Because, you know, the traditional leadership uh, based on authority and title and hierarchical relationships, but we know the workplace is changing, right? And the leadership is changing. And each and every one of us needs to create relationships based on trust and partnership with our colleagues, with our employees, with our vendors, with everybody. We need to engage people from a deeper place, right? They want to feel right. meaning and they will engage. Otherwise, they won't come with us. So we need to be able to lead from a different place. So this, and, and you know, the new leadership, it's, I see it as a social process. It's not <laughs> one leader that leads the company. There's a lot of leaders there. And every time another person is a leader, I can be a leader of a conference. You can be a leader of an idea of a team. It doesn't matter. And it changes. And we need to use the wisdom of the crowd. Right. That, that makes sense. Okay. So now let's talk more tangibly about things that perhaps, you know, we can do today through your research that may, will make us more effective, more mindful leaders in the day to day. What are some things that I can do, you know, starting in 10 minutes when our conversation is over to become a better leader myself? So first of all, I recommend, you know, it's not a must, but it's a great way to start the day by taking five or 10 minutes, uh, meditating, pausing. If you don't like med to meditate, be with yourself, go to mm. nature for 10 minutes, but start the day by cleaning your mind, your wandering mind. And it really increases the focus and productivity. So it's a great tool and you can use it during the day for five minutes between meetings and then come fresh to the next meeting. You will be much more efficient and effective and productive. So this is one of the aspects. Another thing to do as a leader for employees, be present with them. You know, it's really critical nowadays to be there for the, our employees. So Ask your employees how you can be there for them. If you see st employees struggling, refer to them emotionally and ask them, how can you help them? And don't come with the solution because we don't always have the solution. If an employee or a colleague feels seen, it's enough. We don't need to do a lot beyond that. So this is another tip that I can give that it's crucial. Right. Now, regarding this exact notion that you just mentioned, you know, not always having the solution, you know, around around us as people. You know, what, what what have you been finding? If we're looking at the tech industry and we're looking now at the positions of perhaps CEOs and and you know the ex executive teams, how is this something that is that is relevant for the success or the demise of a company, for example? Because I understand in the micro situations why it may have effects both you know on, on personal relationships and on specific decisions. How do these things play out in the greater context of a company succeeding or failing? 
So let me let talk. Let's talk about be, uh, as leaders be, the be ability to be vulnerable and authentic and connect people to the broader mm. picture and, and not showing the rosy picture that it's not really what's happening. So right. you know, um, in the company that I conducted my PhD, I was really amazed to see it. They were struggling. They were going through a difficult uh, financial times, and they stopped recruiting. And you know, people starting talking and the anxiety increases, right? Because we, when we don't know what's happening, we feel anxiety and stress. And what amazed me that the CEO told me, you know, I'm going to have a meeting, a company meeting, and I'm going to share with them the situation. And he was vulnerable and authentic. And he told them, look, this is the situation right now. We are not recruiting anymore for now. We don't have, I, I don't have answers for you. I can't guarantee what will be in six months, but once I will know, I will let you know. But the fact that he stood there and showed up and was vulnerable and authentic with them, it was amazing because people stopped talking behind the back, you know, in, in closed doors because they feel part of the process. They knew they felt safer now because they understood that, okay, this is what's the, happening. The CEO talked with us, he showed up, he answered our questions. Sometimes he didn't have answers, and that's okay. But this was amazing, and people were really relaxed once he talked with them. Even he didn't give, produce them the result, you know, the answers that they wanted, but only showing up, it's such, such critical things. And another example I can give you from a manager that went through my course, she also was a, still a, a VP in a big company, and she went through the corona, uh, beyond the corona, she also went through a tough divorce. And she didn't share with her team what she went through this ch in these mm. challenging times. And, you, and she needed to, you know, handle also the team, also uh, house breaking down and really not pleasant situation. And during the course, we talked about vulnerability, the ability to dare to show up, to be authentic. And she, after the course, she decided to share with the team what she went through and the challenging time she went through. And she told me, you know, it was amazing because first, first of all, when I showed up authentically and I was vulnerable, people connect, were empathic, empathic toward me, right? They, they felt her. And beyond that, she told me it was amazing because people started showing up. And one of my employees said that he feel really lonely and people didn't need to sh to play a game that they didn't feel like they were, can be bring themselves fully, and it created trust and a deeper connection between the team. And from this place, you can do anything. So I think Incredible. it's really crucial, and you know, it's challenging for us. It's I, not I easy, think that beyond challenging, I'm I'm trying to put myself in the position of the CEO that it, from the first example of being vulnerable and authentic. And at the end, especially in today's market, I mean, we're seeing what's happening and the competition for talent and, you know, people have uh, constantly opportunities chasing them. It must be a really scary thing standing in front of your employees and sharing with them, listen, you know, we're not necessarily doing as well as your friend who you're seeing on LinkedIn that, that, is, that is mainly sharing how amazing everything is and how good the company is doing. So how do I, as a CEO then, Karen, how do I, how do I know whether this is a moment of being authentic and, and hopefully 
rally the people around me, especially if I'm a larger company where people don't necessarily follow me, they're following their own managers and the manager's managers and I'm disconnected. How do I know whether this is the right solution or, or is it in your opinion that it's always the right solution? Look, I think every situation is different. So we need to really be mindful and present with the situation. However, I believe that, you know, there's the, uh, the LinkedIn and what we are showing is the, the brand that we are showing at the company. But at the end of the day, our company is built on, on people, right? From people. And people yep. are talking and people are feeling the culture. So if they feel seen and their CEO uh, showed up and there to be vulnerable with them and their manager or whatever, so they feel they want to be part of this uh, company. So it will have the results. You know, it's like a stone that you you throw to the river and it creates ripples. So this is the things that go us out, you know, beyond the nice images, the logos, the benefits, the perks. That's nice to have, but it's not enough anymore. People are looking for meaningful in the workplace to be seen, to feel uh, connected, to have impact. So, and, and be, feel partner, be partner of their company. So I don't have, you know, I don't want to say always do it because it's not right. Feel the situation. Maybe you need to find the delicate, you know, Dr. Carol Robin talks in her, uh, how does she call it? Uh, on authenticity, she said, it talks, I love it because she said, choose which part you want to share and which part you want to put behind. So maybe you need to find the right balance. How, many, how much I want to share and how much I want to put behind. Maybe in this specific situation, I need to show more this and maybe the other, but so I think this is the being mindful and listening. And you know, another example, you have said you like examples. I worked with another v VP uh, of a big company that they are going through uh, a changes, transformation. And his people would have been, uh, their terms and condition will be affected negatively from the, the change. And he was coming to consult with me and he said, what do you think? Usually I don't tell them what's happening. I think I should tell them to show them mm. the rosy picture. And at the end of the process, I would tell them I couldn't, I didn't succeed in uh, preventing the situation. Mm. But he was afraid that people will leave him, that the talented people will leave him. This is what the thing he was afraid of. And I told him, what do you think? How will people react at the end of the change when they will be affected and they didn't know anything and they weren't part of the process? Uh. And I offered them to create because they won't engage, right? They won't, but they didn't feel connected and they won't feel part of the process. So they apparently, they will leave. And during the conversation, I offered them to create the dialogue spaces and to share with his employees and the manager's teams the situation, to be vulnerable, to be present and to be there with them and to listen to them. Even sometimes only to listen to them and to share with them, it's enough. And, you know, after the first time he did it, he came back and I saw he wasn't pleased. And I said, how was it? He said, <laughs> he said, not good. They said, why not good? Said they were thing, uh, saying uh, uh, ventilating and uh, only a few had creative ideas, but most of them said really tough things. And I told them, look, it sounds like it wasn't easy, but it was really meaningful ah. because you were present with them in this unpleasant feeling because he needed to be in this space, right? And to connect to his feelings. And you know, and in this consulting meeting, he wasn't sure we would continue with this process. And after our meeting, he understood that this is the right 
way forward. And he continued with it, listening to his employee, although it wasn't easy for him. And at the end of the process, when they did need to decrease their terms, most of the people stayed with them and really appreciated them for being with them and seeing them and having them as partners in the process. Incredible. I, and I love the distinction between it didn't go well to it wasn't easy. Very different things. Yeah. That's something that I'll continue thinking about. Karen, uh, thank you so much for, for these 20 minutes. I really appreciate it. It was uh, so enjoyable for me. Taking definitely tips for myself. Um, you'll find me tomorrow morning standing right over there, taking my five to 10 minute break in nature and trying to, to, to keep, to, to wrap my mind across what's, what's happening and, and ease the wonderment and start the day, not with my mind in all different places, but, but being much more mindful and much more present, I'll definitely keep in mind the author, being authentic, not just with colleagues and employees, but also with relationships. It sounds like it's something that is relevant for, for all of them. And, and lastly, one of, the, one of the most important things I'm taking with me, being able to handle a tough situation and, and owning it and understanding that even if it's rough, it doesn't mean that it's not good. It means that it's not easy, but it can actually have some substantial outcomes for building trust down the line. So, so Karen, thank you very, very much. I appreciate it. And stay safe and stay healthy. Thank you very much for having me. 